Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. And uh, now it's time for the second of our general election debates. And by the way, we will podcast all of our general election debates at live95.ie if you want to hear back the one we had on Tuesday or any of the others as we go through uh, the next few weeks. And with us this morning, all vying for votes in the Limerick City constituency, uh, Fianna Fáil Councillor James Collins, Fine Gael Senator Maria Byrne and Sinn Féin TD Morris Quinlevin. And you're all very welcome and good morning to you and you join us on the morning after the first of the head-to-head TV debates on Virgin Media One uh, involving Fianna Fáil leader Micheál Martin and Fine Gael leader and uh, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar and in the midst of it, uh, this arose. The fi- final question to both, an honest answer, have you ever taken illegal drugs in Absolutely. any shape or form? No, I never have. Leo Varadkar? Uh, you know, I answered that question in a hot press interview about 12 or 13 years ago and I answered it truthfully. Which is... <laughs> Which is? The answer that you did. But yes, but it was obviously a long time ago. Can I just make one yeah. final point? Okay, so that's what arose last night. Um, what did you make of that? Does it matter? James Collins. Um, it does matter. Um, I think Ireland is increasingly has a drugs problem. Limerick has had it in the past, and we meet it day to day, to day when we're canvassing. Uh, And we've seen some of the events around the country in other parts of the country. We've seen some incidents now which you could nearly classify as narco, uh, um, terrorism even, uh, and the levels of crime. And we saw what happened to the young lad uh, up in Drogheda. Um, And a lot of that is driven by crime that's drugs related. And a lot of people that are taking the drugs, and, and we see it here in Limerick, we see a lot of cocaine, for example, There are people that are using it as a recreational drug um, when they're out at the weekend and they think that it's not doing any harm to anybody else. Uh, You know, I issued a statement during the week that now we see that uh, it's filtered back into the schools and and to the school kids as well, so that now we have some of the drug gangs that are trying to tie school kids uh, into using cocaine in particular. Um, But it does cause harm. So if you do take drugs, and even if it was a long time ago, um, it does ca- cause harm and it's putting money into the pockets of the drug gangs that we took a long time here in Limerick to try and crack. Mm. Have you ever taken no, illegal drugs? Never. What do you think, Maria? Well, Joe, I know that Taoiseach um, took it back when he was a student. I remember reading the interview in Hot Press. He's now moved on. A, it's a long time ago since that happened. I do believe that, yes, there is a drugs issue, but, you know, does it, does it, he has admitted that he's done it, but he's also said that it's wrong and that people shouldn't be taking them and that we've got to, um, I suppose, tamp down and the people that are making money out of it. And I think that's the most relevant point here. Have you ever taken illegal drugs? No, I haven't. Morris? I agree. It is a huge issue. Um, drugs across the city. I've raised it, excuse me, on a number of occasions. I've been involved in drugs task force for the last 10 years or so. And the T-shirts comments last night, you know, people do need to realise when they purchase drugs, when they purchase cocaine, that they're fueling the stuff that's going on. And we have we have an increasing problem in the city, specifically around the issue of cocaine and increasingly the problem of crack cocaine being mixed in with heroin. And everyone will tell you that the Guardian have seized it themselves. The people who deal with addiction services tell me the people presenting to them is presenting in their bloods that crack cocaine is there. Um, and there's open dealing there. The Guardian are doing the best, but they can't respond when they don't have resources on the ground and the 
problem comes back to lack of funding into drug and local alcohol forums, lack of funding into putting Gardaí into communities. We used to have a really good community service of, of policing into the communities. Um, and one thing I just want to commend the Gardaí for the last number of seizures they've done, but I also want to commend local communities who have stood up to these thugs and have come forward with information which has assisted the Gardaí in doing this. It's been fantastic what we've seen the last couple of weeks, but I wish we had and I will be demanding and I will be seeking of the, the Commissioner when he was down I spoke to him with him at the Drugs Task Force. Sorry, I used the word beg, that he put the beg, uh, I used the word beg, put in additional resources into Limerick because we do need to tackle this crisis. Have you ever taken illegal drugs? No, I haven't. But I, I don't really condemn people who've taken it, but they have to really be aware of the consequences of what they're doing. And but 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 that's an interesting point because that, James, you are saying that, and and this has been part of the debate. And Gardaí have made this point recently. Politicians have made this point recently that it does matter. So does it matter in terms of who is Taoiseach? Um, it does because I think Maria said the Taoiseach took it when he was a student and it was a long time ago. But we have students now that are taking drugs and I'm, I'm meeting people every day and what's happening now is it's been left to the parents to clear the drugs debt that their young fellow or their daughter ha- has um, has mounted up with, with their dealer. Um, and they're calling around to the parents and we've got the parents going to the credit union taking out a loan to, <coughs> to clear out debts. And there's threats and there's intimidation um, and some of the stuff that's going on um, and it's all to suck the, the young people in because they're, they're, they're the drug dealers' customers of the future. So they're trying to bring them in, trying to get them addicted, trying to get them a habit because they want to make money out of them. Somebody, obviously, the Taoiseach's the leader of your party. So do you think it matters in a Taoiseach whether he has taken illegal drugs or not. And and the context of that question is that Micheál Martin, who appears to be the alternative Taoiseach, says he hasn't. And Leo Varadkar says he has, but it was a long time ago. Well, I suppose, Joe, you know, first of all, the Taoiseach said that he took it a long time ago, but it's not right. And I think that's the biggest thing here. Also, I mean... There has been a lot of, as Morris referred to, an awful lot of success stories here in Limerick. The Drugs Task Force here has had many success stories for many years. I'm a peace commissioner. I've often signed warrants, actually, for the task force that they can go out and um, actually clamp down on it. And they have had great success stories. And we've got to build on that and ensure that drugs are kept out of the schools and out of the third level institutes as much as possible. But... Does Michal Martin have more moral authority because he says he has never taken them than the Taoiseach to make this argument around the connection between so-called middle-class drug use and the terrible violence that we have seen in other parts of the country recently and unfortunately in Limerick in the past? Joe, I think, I think we need to be very careful. I want, I want to let Maria answer and then I will Sorry. bring you in. Sorry. And I, I, I do believe, you know, that we'll say what happened above in Dundalk, what happened in Cork, they should never have happened. And, you but know, the moral I mean, authority as, question. The moral authority. I, I do believe that they both, you know, the Taoiseach has stood up and said, I took it. I apologise for it. I know it was wrong. And we've got to educate people. And I think that's the most important thing here. Yeah, I, I agree with Maria there on that. But one thing I want to come back on Drugs Task Force does a great job, but our, our funding has been cut massively for the last number of years. But to go back to it, if you go out to any pub in Limerick City, and I mean any pub in Limerick City, cocaine has been taken, not with the knowledge of the owners all the time, but it has been taken in every pub. Um, 
and I would hate to be stigmatizing people. I would appeal to them not to do it. Obviously, you know, I've been dealing with addiction for a long time, dealing with people who are suffering from addiction. No, no, Mars, I'm not saying you deliberately did this, but in fairness to James Collins, he is in that industry, in that business. Yeah. So, and, so I think he's entitled I, to respond to that comment. Can I just clarify, I wasn't, yeah. I, I genuinely wasn't, I had forgotten that. No, you might believe me or not, I, I wasn't okay. saying it to James. Well, I, do you accept that? I, I believe there's an issue with cocaine, and I, I did say that, some of the landlords don't know what's going on, so okay. like, I did say that. And I, I give James a chance to respond. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think, Joe, the fact that after a leader's debate um, last night, which is the first one of uh, the general election campaign, we're talking about the Taoiseach's reaction to a question. Did he ever take illegal drugs? And I think it was about the way he responded as well as the answer. He was honest in how he answered. Um, and, and Maria said he has apologised. But he doesn't was, that matter? It does matter. And I think... The fact, no, the fact, the fact that he was honest about it. He, I think it does. And I think if he was a little bit more honest uh, yesterday on TV, or last night on TV, and actually said to the young people, I did it, but it was wrong, and that you should But did do he it. not apologise for it in the debate? It shows uh, integrity by actually admitting I, it. I, I think he did. But I think, Joe, what it really showed was... He, get, he was given a question from left field and he was a bit startled by it. I think the, the, the newspapers are calling him a rabbit in the headlights a little bit today. And it just shows that the, the Taoiseach, I think he's a little bit obsessed with spin and image and how his image is presented. And he was completely caught off guard by that question last night. And I think uh, the veil dropped a little bit and uh, I think it sent out I would a have to give Maria a chance to respond to that. Joe, he admitted this, I think, about 12 years ago in Hot Press. You know, he admitted it again last night. He did apologise. He has said it's wrong. They've made great headway in terms of counteracting and clamping down on drugs. And there has been many success stories, not just here in Limerick, but right across the country. And I think he has learned from his experience and that is, he's brought that knowledge to, to bear. How worried would you be that the sort of violence we have seen in other parts of the country could well explode on the streets of Limerick again? Well, I suppose we've had, you know, I mean, it's great when you hear the news these times and not to hear Limerick in the headlines for all the wrong reasons, as we did way back when the 100 extra Gardaí were brought onto the street at the Armed Response Unit. And, you know, it really, really has helped. While I admit that, yes, there is still crime in our streets and there's, we have beggars and we have, um, you know, a lot, there's hate crime and there's also some, you know, but there's, there's still been drugs v- there's, there's, still there's a lot drugs of drugs and, I, and believe me I have two hostels one at either end of my road and I see it on a daily basis our residents association are out clearing up um, they clean up the area on a weekend basis they have a little yellow bucket they put the needles into it the amount of needles um, that are picked up in the area but also I have to pay tribute to the likes of Novus who run the hostel because if you ring them and say that there is a needle they will come out and clear it but we need to clamp down more in relation to the drugs problem. But isn't there a danger of complacency here in Limerick? I've said it on numerous occasions I believe some people are very complacent on it I believe we're at the moment we're in a drugs epidemic in the city and I don't like saying it publicly because I don't want to be tarnishing the city but it's really really important that we don't close our eyes to it. Mm. There's communities as we speak here I know there's people driving into those communities they're collecting their drugs they're going to the same spots morning, noon and night and as I said said earlier the Gardaí respond when they can but if the Gardaí aren't there they simply can't do it we don't have the resources to do it.
Okay, we're talking to Sinn Féin TD Morris Quinlevin, uh, Fine Gael Senator Maria Byrne and Fianna Fáil Councillor James Collins, uh, three of the candidates standing in the Limerick City constituency in the general election, which is happening on Saturday the 8th of February. And uh, we have been asking listeners what questions they would like uh, to uh, ask politicians during these debates. And uh, here is one. Hi, my name is Alicia. Uh, what do you think... Um an affordable rent in Limerick is currently? What's an affordable rent in Limerick currently? In terms of what people can afford to pay or what they should pay? I suppose uh, both, really. Yeah, because I'd, I've been asking for, for two years uh, for Limerick to be designated as a rent pressure zone and because rents are spiralling out of control. Um, under the Fine Gael government, the model is, has been to rent houses for social and affordable housing. Uh, Fianna Fáil are the party that builds houses and, and that we're proposing that we'll build 50,000 social and 50,000 affordable houses. Um, no, the city is now a rent pressure zone, isn't it? It is now, but I've been mm. calling for two years previously that it should be because the rents had gone up by 20 and 30% to then, uh, until then. I think the problem now is that uh, we have many young couples who are renting apartments um, and they had planned to be there maybe for a short time. And because the rents are so high, they can't actually save for a deposit to start their own home. And one of the things that we're doing in Fianna Fáil is we're putting together a scheme to help young couples such as that uh, to save the money for a deposit so that they may actually be able to buy their own home. There's a whole generation of Limerick couples that are stuck in this housing trap. The rent is, too, is so high that they can't actually afford a deposit for a house. Maria? Well, first of all, I'd have to disagree with James because he said that the, the party that are build, preparing to build houses, when the Troika came into this country, housing stopped, house building stopped. We'd no, we'd no public housing and we'd no private housing been built. In the last year, there's been over 20,000 houses built. 10,000 of them are social housing. It's not enough. There needs to be more. There are currently 20,000 social housing under construction and I was above in Hyde Road the other day and to see some of the boarded up houses I'm representing that area for 21 years to see the area and to see the houses now being reconstructed and being brought back into use and that the fact that the families will be going into them it's a really positive Maria, story As you well know there are parts of Limerick where a two bed apartment can rent for well over a thousand euro a month I know that and that's why the government responded to the fact that rents were going up and there are rogue landlords out there, Joe, that were putting up rents. Is that, we, is, that a, is that a rogue price? Is, is that, is that well, not no, market at, uh, in, in a lot of parts of Limerick? In some of land, the suburbs, there's over a €1,000 a month. There are landlords charging rent, exorbitant rent for for houses that are not fit for human habitation and they need to be clamped down and, and that's why... All these houses are now being inspected when people are going into them. But also, um, there are social housing being built as well as private housing. And, the, the, you know, I mean, we've got a lot of companies that are actually locating here. They're all looking for housing. So the more housing we can build, the better. Yeah. Uh, what's an affordable rent in Limerick in your view, Morris? Well, it's very difficult to um, say. Well, what is there at the moment is that people can't afford to rent. You know, working people, rents increase. And what Maria said there was totally bizarre, to be honest. What... Rents have increased in Limerick since 2011, since you came into government, uh, probably doubled 
across most areas of the city. We called for a number of things that would have helped in this. We called for rent pressure zones, which you refused to do for, for till the situation was way too late. You Then you brought in the East Ward, which clearly flagged up to the other two wards that they were next, so they jacked up the prices. Landlords acted decisively in some victim families from their homes, pretending they were selling the house so they could whack up their rents. Um, you haven't built any social afford, affordable housing, and what we need is a change of government, and a Sinn Féin government will deliver 100,000 affordable... How are you going to do that? We're going to do that by start building houses that we haven't done. So we're going to deliver large-scale public building of houses on local authorities. What's the time scale on local for those houses? Land. The time scale for that is five years. So we're talking about 100,000 houses over five years. So you're talking uh, about 20,000 houses a year, 20, but aren't Fine Gael saying that's what they built? Well, that's 20,000. No, Fine Gael didn't build 20,000 20, houses last year whatsoever. They, they, Fine Gael's manifesto was launched yesterday on housing or the housing policy was launched yesterday. And in that, there's more money going to be delivered to, to private landlords than there is to build local authorities homes. I grew up in a local authority home in Ballinanti. It was a great place to grow up in. My family, um, we, we, we all did well in that house. My cousins came back from England. They had nowhere to live. But what did, what happened to the time? Limerick Council built an estate and they were I, to I never said that they built 20,000. What I said is they built 10,000 social houses last year. There's currently 20,000 under construction. That's exactly what I said. And the rent pressure zones were brought in because rents were going up. But, but you the, brought them in too late, Maria. You, and you, we flagged well, it up well, to well, you for, the, for the, a long, the, long the time. Point, the point of the flag, flagging is an interesting one, that it came into one area, and sure it did tell landlords in other areas this is on the way, didn't it, well, in Limerick? The, the rent was higher in that area to start with because there were different um, zones or different, um, I suppose, financial zones that... Um, they looked at, and if rents were seen to be in a certain category, then they were brought in right across in different areas around the country, and that's when it was brought in then to west yeah. and uh, north. One of the points being made about Fianna Fáil in this debate is that um, <coughs> houses do get built under Fianna Fáil, but does it lead to a bust? Um, Joe, I think what we have to say here is the housing crisis is worse now than it was nine years ago when Fine Gael came into power, and that's because of the decisions that they made. So we have a crisis in social housing, affordable housing, in the private market and in the student market as well because of the decisions that the Minister for Housing actually made. So if you look back to even the affordability, they changed the rules that people, how much people could borrow, how much they needed for a deposit. And the fact of the matter is that houses now cost more to build than they're worth when they're actually up and standing. And they actually cost more to buy than people can afford to borrow. And... Uh, Fine Gael seem to be ideologically opposed to building houses. They're, they're trapped into this rental market. You mean a, a, from a social housing perspective? From any housing perspective. They ideologically opposed to building houses? Yes, it's a rental model. Sorry, right. Joe, what they've invited in the vulture funds and a lot of the houses that are being built now under right. the Fine Gael model... Well, I have to give I, a chance. They're, they're, ideologically they're, opposed to building I'm, houses. I'm sorry, Joe, but... We're, we're not the ones that actually stopped the house building. It was under the Fianna Fáil government when the country went bust, the Troika were here. There were so many things. The country was on its knees. There was no money for building either private or social. And a lot has happened since under the Fine Gael led government. But Joe, they've invited in the vulture funds. A lot of the houses that are being built, even if you have the deposit and you meet the guidelines, you can get a mortgage. You still can't buy it. The vulture funds will come in and they Invited in the vulture funds? And, and they're buying up large swathes of apartment blocks all over the country that young people can't afford to buy. That's an awful accusation. Nobody invited in the vulture funds. But the whole thing is, 
that yes, there is affordable housing, but not enough of it. And I will agree with that. We need to have more affordable housing. But under the Rebuilding Ireland, um, I've helped many young couples to actually purchase their homes because people that are on low incomes, they're able to, there's a calculation there, they're able to work out how much they can get for a mortgage and they get a low interest loan through the council. And it is okay. helping young couples. The, the Rebuilding Ireland no, 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 hang on scheme second, has been um, a failure I, I, I need to take a break. Uh, we have to move on to other things um, uh, after that as well. I want to get a, a few different subjects in here. Um, joining us in the studio this morning, Sinn Féin TD, Morris Quinlevin, uh, Fine Gael, Senator Maria Byrne and Fianna Fáil Councillor James Collins, all candidates in the Limerick City constituency in general election 2020. We'll be back after a very short break. Hi, we're in the middle of uh, one of our election debates uh, with Fianna Fáil Councillor James Collins, Sinn Féin TD, Morris Quinlevin and Fine Gael, Senator Maria Byrne, all looking for your votes in the Limerick City constituency in general election 2020. And here is another question from a listener. Hi, my name's Trish and I have some questions regarding the upcoming elections. Um, one of them is we had a bumper tax year um, announced in the last while, but the country has never been so tax wealthy, but we are struggling as a country. So one of my questions is, is the HSE provides ambulance cover for the country. So when an ambulance is called, according to HICWA, it has 90 seconds to respond and the ambulance is sent. However, if it's in Dublin, it's sent down to Limerick. One becomes available in Limerick, the one in Dublin is sent on back up to Dublin. So you have two ambulances going to the same call, but they're an hour away. And now it has been left to the public to set up cardiac first responder units around the country to be there within five minutes. So why is it up? to people in their own homes to volunteer when we are paying good tax money for our health system. Right, Sinn Féin, Mars Quinlevin on that one. Yeah, well, um, what we need, obviously there is an issue you raised there and, uh, you know, I've known a lot of people who got involved in those local groups that you spoke about, uh, first responders, they've done a great job. I know recently in the north side there, in uh, North Circle Road there, where an incident, where they were intervened, they were able to save that person's life. But look, the situation of the ambulances not being available at the hospital is just sounding a bit crazy and we do, comes back, brings us back the problems we have in our health system the HSE I believe is not fit for purpose hasn't managed the money it has properly if you look at recently they were talking about instead of hiring the nurses we need in different different sections of it we hire two extra managers a week and everyone believes it's bloated as it is we have a crisis on, in our health service and the only way we're going to deliver that is having a public health service that's free when you need to go to the hospital not that you can afford to go to the hospital but it's all those issues need to be tackled and the ambulances will be one of it and a lot of, a lot of that is contracted out to private operators as well. Yeah. The, the only thing about the free aspect is that the free GP care that has been introduced, if you talk to GPs and it's a, it's under six and it's going to go up, the, they will tell you that one of the reasons they now have queues, they now have waiting lists, is that children who are well are taking up these appointments and others who aren't well, children and adults, end up at the back of the queue. So does free always answer the question? Well, it doesn't really. But if you look at if you look at the UK and if you look at England, where they have the National Health Service, where people can go to the GP when they want to go to the GP, that certainly works a lot better. And I know you know I've, I've relatives living in England, and when you tell them that you have to pay sixty quid to go and see your doctor, and then a prescription charge on top of that <coughs> yesterday, I saw a woman in my local area yesterday sixty five quid for the doctor. It was eighteen quid for their prescription. You know, just to bring her child to. So as she said herself on her tweet, so as my child doesn't die. You know, so now. 
you know, we, we are tax rich at the moment. There is money there and we can invest in our services. But we need to invest. You can't just say we're going to give free GP services without sorting out the issues of we don't have enough GPs because you can't go around this town at the moment. You can't change your GPs because their lists are closed. You can't get a new GP in quite many places. And new people are going to, you know, walk-in clinics or whatever, it's not their regular GP. So you, you have to be holistic about how you do everything. And that's across the whole health service, whether that's accident emergency, whether it's GP. Okay. James? Yeah, Joe, um, we do have a crisis in our healthcare system. And uh, you mentioned there the GPs. And what's actually happened there is the GP contracts. There's been changes made to the GP contracts in recent years by the Fine Gael government. And what's happening now is that we have GP uh, spaces and vacancies that aren't being filled. And a lot of our graduates, people that are coming out of college, are choosing to emigrate rather than work as a GP here. You've seen the pressure that some of the, the locum doctors are under, the Shannon doc. But we also have similar uh, challenges and vacancies that need to be filled. We've hundreds of vacancies that need to be filled for consultants because, again, there's changes being made to the consultants' contracts. And under Fianna Fáil, a Fianna Fáil government, we're pledging that we would hire 4,000 new nurses uh, we would hire uh, 500 consultants, we'd fill the vacancies and 250 GPs. What's actually happening is people should be treated by their GP rather than go to A&E. Uh, we had a whole nationwide plan that was rolled out by a previous Minister for Health of primary care centres and there's very few of them have been built. But also on the, the other end, when people are nearly well enough to go home, What's happened is the community services. So before you'd be let go home and the nurse would visit you for an hour a day for a week, that's all been cut. Or people might have been uh, released from hospital into a nursing home. And that's not happening. And that's why there's too many people uh, in the hospital beds and too many people trying to get into them. Maria? Joe, just to say, I suppose, uh, you referred first of all to the ambulance service that actually happened when the HSE was dismantled under the Fianna Fáil government back in 2009. That's where that came from. There has been a number of uh, improvements made, but I do, you know, I believe that it's not gone far enough and, and an ambulance coming from Dublin to pick up some Limerick is totally unacceptable. Just to pick up on something James said, that there isn't very many um, primary care centres. There's currently 127 of them in the country and there's 80 more of them committed to and some of them are at planning and design stage. So that's quite a few um, primary care centres. But they've been promised for nine years, Maria. Uh, no, you know, the they're actually currently... I didn't get... interrupt anyone. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. There's currently 127 of them open. There's one up the road here at the top of Edgeworth Street. There's one below Kings Island. There's many of them here within Limerick. We, you know, you don't have to go far to find them. In terms of uh, the GP contracts, there's 210 million has been invested um, in that. And that was actually worked out with the GPs and the consultants in terms of um, with their representative organisations. That has happened recently. Also, there has been reductions in terms of there's been increased um, funding to do with carers. The cost of prescription drugs have come down um, for over 70s and we're all aware of that. Mm, okay. And you What know, about the emergency department, Maria? The emergency department outside in the hospital, unfortunately, when the HSE was dismantled back in 2009, prior to us coming into government, um, and it was on the recommendation of some of the doctors outside there, and that's out there in the public, when the report was put together. Um, the beds were closed down. The hospitals were downgraded in John's, Nina and Ennis. They were to become centres of excellence. You've got cataract procedures yeah, going on outside that. Nina. The biggest problem is the beds. The recession hit. The beds were never built. 
when the money started to come back, we've now started building the 60 beds. There's 98 gone to a planning design stage behind it. A right. commitment. The nurses are actually being advertised. Okay, co- so that's six, next 60 month. beds in the modular unit. And there is debate as to whether that will happen this year, by the way. It there will be debate. open. I've been told it will be open in September. Okay. Uh, Maria, that's news to us now because yeah. in the last all debate we had, the Minister couldn't confirm when they'll be opened. And in fairness, the HSE at the time is reporting the exam, uh, examiner at the time that it would be built this modular unit by the end of December, but it didn't and it clearly didn't say it would be staffed. And I spoke to the nurses since the debate where Senator O'Donnell was on, on TV the other night mm. saying to be open in September. They were aghast because they know it won't be ready. They know the well, nurses Senator aren't O'Donnell there. says it is, Maria Burns says it is. And Will you detail us in a debate on Tuesday that uh, the CEO of the hospital, he said in a meeting, had said it would be next year, but the hospital themselves officially have said to us, no, it will be open this year. So I can tell you one thing, if the level of confusion around it is just phenomenal. I spoke to someone who's working on the project last night, Joe, and he said it would be ambitious for the construction to be complete by September, not to mind for it to be And and I spoke... Well, let Maria respond now, because as the government... Uh, representative here. That's fine. Um, the staff, they are beginning to advertise at nursing posts. Actually, before Christmas, there was some neurological nurses taken on the hospital. And another thing as well is the second MRI scanner is discharging between 25 to 30 people extra a day, which is freeing up beds. But right. the hospital well, will can, be open. Can I ask a simple 60, enough question? 60 beds. The 60 beds. Open. Then there's a 96 bed, which is part of the capital plan, which is a longer term thing. But is that enough? Is the 60 plus the 96 no, enough to stop what's happening at the ED? There's also another, um, there's 120 replacement beds as well below in St. John's Hospital. Currently below... Where, where, are, they, where are they coming from? Sorry. The, they, they are going to be part of the capital plan. They're under consideration at the moment because... Under consideration? Yes. So, no, sorry, no. I, this is very important now. So 60... 60 in the modular the unit, which is under construction, we can discuss that. 96 in the capital plan. Where are the other 120 and, and are they confirmed? The 96 are going to planning and design. Right. And St. John's Hospital have been working with the HSE. They're not confirmed, but the, but they they are part, they are being considered right. under, under the capital plan. Okay, what do you think of that? Um, some things in there I wouldn't necessarily agree with, agree with. That's not the information we're getting. So we spoke about the 60 beds and not to get too caught up. We've been told the funding is there for the 96 beds to plan them, that there isn't actually a funding commitment to build them. I went and met with the chief executive of the hospital. She says there's a need for 250 beds in the region now based on current admission numbers. We're getting 60 in September, we don't believe, maybe next year. And then the others have been planned and there's no more after that. What's actually happening here, Joe, is the money that's required for the investment in our hospital here in Limerick is going into the big black hole that's caused by the mismanagement and overrun by this Fine Gael government of the National Children's Hospital. No, I have to tell Morrison. No, so, and, for, and for, the chief yeah. executive Sorry. has told us Morris, that the funding have, is going to, to the Children's Hospital. Look, we have to come back to where we're at at the moment, right? And we've had a massive crisis in the hospital last year with 14,000 people on trolleys. And these are people who were assessed and were told they needed a bed, but the bed wasn't available. There's nothing the government has said to us today or previously or anything that will alleviate that situation in 2020. So we're going to be in this exact same situation with the same, unfortunately, with the same number. And we sometimes get lost up in the figures. You mean this winter? 
the winter yeah, coming. I, I think the winter coming. But, but that's not what be. Maria Byrne is saying. No, you're you're saying the be, there will be 60 beds. But the 60... Well, but, but Joe, there. Joe come, let me come back to what I was saying there. It was 14,000 people on trolleys. And we must remember, we talk about figures, but these are people we know, like their family members, their our cousins, their aunts, or in some cases, they're your mother. Um, they're people you know, some older people who are afraid to go to the hospital. And your delivery of beds is not going to solve anything for 2020 because there is... Okay, well, there hang on now. What about that, Those beds will not well, be... He said there isn't it. And, uh, sorry, no, 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 what, no, what no, 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 no. Come on, no, come on, no, come on. Can you say, ask some directly Joe, to me? Sorry, sorry, but under the uh, Fianna Fáil government, the budget ah, no, was... No, no, no. It's cut by one point two. Are they going to be open or not? And are they they going are to going to be open. And they, they are going to be open I've this calendar year. I have been told I've that been they told. will be open this year. Do you believe that will be the case? I do believe it, yes. But why then are we getting all this different... But why are we getting... Different I mean, answers then uh, during uh, this election uh, campaign. Uh, no, no, let Marie answer that. Why are we getting different answers? I have I've been told by the minister and I've been told by the HSE that they will be open the current year. The staff are going to be advertised, right. and I'd like to pay tribute to the staff. Do all three of you accept? Do all three of you accept? Whoever's in government, that what's just been said here is a matter of absolute credibility to the people of Limerick. It's about trust. It what is you've so just said, you're saying you doubt it. Yes, yeah. I doubt it as well. Um, I, okay. I, I wish it was. I wish it was true because you know, as I said earlier, these are people we know. We want. We want this problem solved. I don't want to be in here, Joe. I've been in here for four years uh, talk, talking about this issue. Listen, it's, we, we've it's, had promises. We need to every, tap every year, Joe. But, but at yeah. least but Joe, we for, brought for, up the budget, not cut it down. Yeah, but in terms but for, of health. for instance, Maria, there's other stuff you could have done, and you could right. have you could fund the okay, stuff. Okay, guys, before before I bring it to a close, when you're out canvassing, what snack do you like to bring with you? What snack do you like to bring with you? Um, a bit of fruit really I think is the best thing to bring with you and an energy bar I'm canvassing three times a day at the moment we go at 11, 2, at 6 so if you want to join me send me a message on Facebook or send me a text <laughs> uh, we're on the go all day every day I usually bring a bit of fruit as well in a bottle of water uh, but water is the most important bit, a Belvita biscuit and maybe soup during the day when we're back. You know? You're very well and behaved, then, the three of you. And then a chicken hut then when you're finished. Oh, your no, <laughs> I, I had to go. It's, it's a long old day, oh. you know, in fairness, we're doing it in winter. Okay, so. all right. Uh, and indeed, all of your volunteers as well, well worth yeah, making yeah. that point across the board. Listen, thank you very much. Very interesting uh, debate with the three of you this morning. Thank you for your time at a busy period for you. Uh, Fianna Fáil Councillor James Collins, Fine Gael Senator Maria Byrne and Sinn Féin TD Morris Quinlivan. Call Limerick today now on 461995.